Who makes the decisions when the mayor is tucked in and sound asleep? Joining me today for a bonus episode of Bungalow in the Bus is Orlando's nighttime economy project manager slash barzar slash nightmare, Dominique Greco. <laughs> Thank you, Brendan. That's the kind of intro I need all the time. I'll follow you, you everywhere. Thank just, you. <laughs> what We're going to get into the nitty gritty about what exactly a nighttime economy project manager, longest name ever is. But it's a mouthful. Let's, right? <laughs> let's talk a little bit about who you are, Dominique. Let's get, who are you? Because you have this, uh, you came from New York, right? Newport Richie? Yeah, I've come, yeah, it seems like I've come from a lot of places. I'm a, a born in New York, um, upstate, and then grew up mostly in the Tampa Bay area where I went to high school. Um, but I left home when I was quite young at 16 and moved to New York City, went to high school in Manhattan, lived in Manhattan, lived in the Bronx, worked at an elementary school, was a nanny. I just remember when I first moved back to Florida, how I used to think I made so much more money in New York City <laughs> being a nanny than I uh, did for the next <laughs> quite some time. So uh, then my life brought me back to Orlando, Florida. Um, Went to UCF, graduated, moved back to New York City for a period of time, and then now I've been back in Orlando since 2012. Anyone, there's a there's a weird relationship between New York and Orlando, Florida. There's a lot of people who just continually will go back and forth. Yeah. So, and they're usually really creative, super cool people that- I'll take that. Bring a lot to the table, yeah. Yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> I'm, I'm biased, but I'll take it. So your background then, professionally, most recently, before these gigs, was retail and like events- management because you went to school for events management i did hospitality and events management at rosen um so since i'm very young um so always young. worked what, since i'm you know 15 yeah. but yeah it was a it was a array of things early on but then um as when i graduated college it was really in hospitality management operations um event production sponsorship so a lot of different things and i spent most of my career with a entrepreneur's type group here in in Orlando, Florida called V Group. Um, most people are familiar because they own and operate some of our coolest uh, concepts in downtown Orlando, including Hanson Shoe Repair and Novelty at 101, um, Room 22, which formerly known as Vintage Lounge, just to plug a few, but... Vice, I, do they own Vice? Yes, yeah. Vice. And mm -hmm. uh, Gito's e Pizza. Yes, mm -hmm. which that's the owner's last name, right? It is, yep. So, yep. That formerly known as Gino's Pizza, of which we were not affiliated, but oh. then we took over. It was just kind of a natural uh, transition to from Gino's to Gito's. So, side note: there's a weird service window that goes between the pizza restaurant and the and Vice next door. Sidebar. Sidebar. Mm -hmm. So you could get pizza delivered to you from there into the bar. You can order it right from your bartender and chicken wings, pizza, garlic knots, and sit at the bar at Sidebar. <laughs> which Sidebar is a really cool. Um, small sports bar which i kind of love in terms of how sports sports bars go you Intimate. usually have kind of this big overwhelming you know but i but yeah that window that window was almost didn't happen but i'm sure that everybody's pretty thankful i love it, it i love that you can smell pizza while you're drinking that's my favorite part. yeah so you were their projects director yes right and among which, other things which is interesting to me that just means you were like a professional juggler because v group did so many things Right. They were always opening a new spot or they had uh, what was the Herman's? Yep. Herman's loan, loan office. office. So was like fun. cool, funky little downtown spots. But then from there, you were snatched up by the city of Orlando 
2017 to be this new nighttime economy uh, grand poopa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, something like that. Essentially, just from what I understand, it just means that you're like the point person between City Hall and the nightlife industry in downtown. I would agree. I It's taken me... Um, Every day I have a better and better or clearer and clearer answer to that question of what exactly is my role. But I can tell you uh, wholeheartedly that I am a policy advocate between for the for the business community, really, in downtown Orlando. Yes, I do focus on hospitality, nightlife, entertainment, but um, I joke about, you know, our title about nighttime economy managers, nightmares, all of this, because while that's very cool and purposeful and it's really contributed to this like global conversation about this nighttime economy management movement which is a very new thing in local government it's I also sometimes hate it because I don't just focus on the nightlife right so I do focus on downtown as a whole strategically located uh in within the DDB CRA here within our organization which um has afforded me a lot of really real opportunity to in to create real change in in this small community so let's get to the roots of the of the role because it started. I believe there was a task force right after uh, the Pulse shootings happened, right? That looked into maybe the roles of security and public safety. It was actually so the city, um, and this was spearheaded by the DDB CRA, wanted to explore this nighttime economy management thing that was happening, and this happened before Pulse. So at before Pulse ever happened, um, DDB CRA had already found this organization responsible hospitality institute and ultimately hired them to come in and as an expert tell us what or tell the city because i wasn't with them at the time what they could do to better embrace this very lucrative industry that we had in our downtown but also how to do that so that study i just like to call out that it did start before pulse and then you know tragic and then pulse happened right which i'm sure at the time was really interesting because a lot of their priorities maybe in the first half of that study were conversations were geared one way but then something like that happens in your community and i'm sure and i know because i was here shook everybody so i, I remember one of the major finding not major but one of the bigger findings that they had from that study uh was that the the exodus, the the le- when people, what are y'all calling the it? Push. The push. The like, push. Like, come on, that is such a seedster name. I love it. The push. Uh, when people are leaving, all our bars close at two a.m. Correct. They've stopped serving. They stopped serving then. alcohol at two a.m. <laughs> Correct. One fifty nine. And then people have to leave after that, and like we're not, they're not encouraged to stay in the streets. And so there was an issue that was arising from that, and that it was just very difficult to get people who had been drinking all night and then to leave and go home at two. So the study was saying it's not like responsible or sustainable to just assume that these people Mm -hmm. are going to find their way home. We have to come up with some sort of way to like gently lead them there. And that was the very beginning of my role. The question that came up all the time was how do we turn the pull or I'm sorry, the push to the pull. Okay. So it's not super uh, academic by any means, but uh, that was what we were ultimately trying to think about holistically as I narrowed in, as I, you know, as the first person in this role and one of the first in the nation, there wasn't a whole lot of um, job description or <laughs> too much detail of what to do next. Right. The no next step. Yeah, there's handbook. no recipe. Yeah. And I'm sure. Which is kind of exciting. Uh, it is kind of exciting. And, um, 
and allowed for a lot of creativity and a lot of partnership, which has been definitely my favorite part because it wasn't about what I wanted to do. It was about what people or the community or whomever wanted to see and how could we, how could we make that possible? So we can get into that in a little bit. Cause I want to, we will talk about your, your accomplishments and, and mm-hmm. working with the push, right? Mm-hmm. Making it a pull. Uh, but let's get more into like, what the heck is a nightmare? So like, I know it started, it started in Amsterdam, right? You know, arguably, I'm not an expert on answering that question because it didn't, it, I think a lot of cities in Europe will kind of want to take some, okay. you know, some political uh, jockey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But definitely I usually tell this story about London London actually has an elected official. Her name is Amy LeMay, and she is the night mayor. Now, London got to this point, which was, I want to say, almost 10 years ago now. I could be. Don't quote me, although you are. Um, (laughs) What happened in London is that all of a sudden, in a very short window of time, a few years, they lost almost half of all of their live entertainment spaces because of just so much increased regulation. Wow. Um, I guess, you know, the local government really didn't know how to how to handle this crowd control or maybe the crime that was coming out of some of these areas or what have you. But what this conversation started was, whoa, whoa, whoa. You cannot have a downtown without sociability. And what is sociability? It is eating, drinking, dancing, you know, celebrating, recreating, parking, walking, eating. I said eating already. Eating is very important. It is very important. Um, all of that. So the city of London got it together and I'm sure they'd love to elaborate and uh, ultimately landed on this uh, strategic partnership policy advocate type person um, who is still in office today. And it's all kind of centers around this idea that the the needs of this nighttime economy are, are different from the daytime economy, right? I would agree, but I they also they're not independent of one another they're very reliant on each other so you know some cities say they're a 24-hour economy or even an 18-hour economy i like that term a little bit better than saying oh nine to five and then five to nine because there is no hard indicator of when the daytime stops and the nightlife starts because of happy hour because of happy hour. Yeah, no, okay. because of, you know, lots of shared uses, especially in a, in an entertainment district or a downtown, you know, you don't have, um, everything doesn't just flip a switch right at five or whatever the time would be. So it's really how to coexist and how to, um, how to utilize all of the amenities both day and night. So what's a day like in your job? Are you up all night walking the streets? No, but I, I guess I'll never, I'll never get sick of that question, but no, that is, no. I am not up all night, every night. I know you're not. <laughs> um, yeah, John Bussaker wants to know if you wear a sash and I have to ask, he'll he, get mad if I don't ask. Oh, he that. can send me one and yeah. I will wear it. Okay, good. Uh, with my police vest. No, just kidding. Um, yeah. So I, I, I spend of course a good amount of time in downtown Orlando day and night, um, happy hour, late night, daytime, lunch, all of that. Um, because I want to have a pulse constantly on what's going on in our community. But I think ultimately of how I got this position was because my backstory and my professional background was already so in, 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 you knew the depth. scene. Yeah, I already you knew, knew the, the bar scene. owners. So you I knew- don't have to spend, you know, my full time now 
going out drinking necessarily. I think Thomas Chapman said when you when you started, um, first of all, everybody, I just remember hearing your name associated. I, we hadn't really met, but I remember when it came out that you were the new nightmare. And then you made that Barzar picture. Bar, which is so cute. I thought you looked adorable. Thanks. Because I just wanted you to have a sash. It's on Google. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do we, am I in trouble? No, I like no, it. Okay. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> that was in my, my Photoshop days. Uh, and everybody just was not surprised. It was more of like, a, oh, great. She gets it. And and you seem pretty well-liked in the, the bar community. Right, knock on wood. And, and that says a lot for somebody who has been in that scene for a while. No bridges burnt. People seem to like you. And they like the fact that you were going to be there to uh, advocate for their lifestyles. Right? So, yeah. Thank you for saying that. That's really sweet. And I appreciate it. Um, I'm not just saying it, but legit truth yeah um you know it's it's funny for me sometimes to talk about myself in that regard but yes lots of friends lots of allies lots of overlap in you know personal life professional life and just the dork that I've always been (laughs) I am kind of I'm I am a professional even when I haven't always been a professional I've always kind of wanted to be older and be more involved and be all of these things. And, you know, now here I am sitting here as a grown up, and, uh, it's just funny. So I, I really do appreciate that. And I, and it, and everything I do is in response to the community. So it's never, it's never a personal agenda and it's really, it's never an agenda item that's coming stemming from what the city of Orlando necessarily wants or the, this administration. It's really about what does our community need? And I think that mayor is just the best leader in that regard because he cares so much and, and everyone that works for him cares so much about um, growing with the times here in Orlando. I'm glad you mentioned it. It's not just like a you thing, right? You're, this isn't a yeah, side. Definitely not. You actually work with a nighttime economy committee. Yes. Right. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yes. My committee has been in place since actually before I was hired to some extent. You know, we've made some alterations over the last few years, but that committee is over 30 people, um, which is big. And half of those are senior staff members and half of those are representatives from the local downtown business community from a array of seats, if you want to call it that. It's not it's not an appointed board. It is um, I call it more of a steering committee, but I have someone there that represents the small bars, the large bars, Dr. Phillips, condo associations, um, nightclub, restaurant all of that. So list goes on and between with that group being as engaged as they are, and they really are, that's where we have these brainstorm sessions about where's some of the gaps that we're dealing with. What's, what's a hot item right now? What needs immediate attention? What's a long-term goal? So let's talk about some of your, your laundry list of amazing things that you've done so far. And I'm sure some of these came out of that, the, f- that committee. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of them. Number one, one of the first things that you were kind of put to work with was the rideshare hubs. Yeah, I don't know if I was put to work or if that idea really was, it wasn't the immediate charge, but it became a very big priority project because again, back to that question of how do we turn the push into the pull, the the short of it was, well, what do people need and want at 2 a.m.? And I'm sure we can answer that ourselves, right? They want to pee and they want to eat something and they would like to get home safely and they, you know, would like some lighting and maybe a little sense of security and and all of that. So again, not a 
highly academic idea, but something that we kept referencing for months and months. And of course, at that time, and this is in 2017, you have to think about even now how hot, you know, rideshare really is and how the growth of rideshare ridership and users is growing across the board, not only in central Florida, but almost everywhere, I would assume. And again, but, um, so that's where the transportation piece of this push to pull idea came in. So where, how do you do that? Like, what is that? So we know that you designated what three spots, three in town where people can catch those. So currently it's two. Okay. Um, we have two, what we call rideshare hubs. One of them on the Northeast side of the downtown entertainment district on Magnolia between central and Washington and the other on Washington and Garland, which is kind of your more Northwest corridor, um, of our, of our main entertainment district. So the reason that they're called hubs is because in addition to just working with the rideshare providers, both Uber and Lyft, um, which is huge and we can talk about that, but also it was to amenitize. So not just have the rideshare queue, but also attract people with those other components, which brings us in, yep, which brings us into the the mobile, I'm sorry, yeah, mobile food vending, the DTO Go program with the restroom pilots, increased lighting, increased security around those areas. And um, we've seen a lot of success. It is still a pilot and, you know, we're, we're still learning as we go. And we are one of the first cities in the country to have this type of um, partnership opportunity with both rideshare giants. And so we're really proud of that. And, uh, cause you really, you've designated these spots as like the only places in the downtown core where the rideshare companies can pick up and drop people off. Is that how it works? N- not quite. So when you're in the downtown core, you're inside of a, a geofenced area, just kind of like how you are at the airport. Right. So if you, and you and I were at the airport and we wanted to call our Uber while we were on the tram, technically could, but it would still pull us to one of those several magnet locations at the airport. So when you're in the downtown core, you're inside of a geofence. And then when you, when it comes time to call your Uber, whether you're standing outside of, you know, shots or wherever you're standing, you will get magneted to the closest hub, but you can also toggle and you can choose the alternative if that's what you wanted to, or, and what we have seen is that people, people who have I think it's probably more locals that have a little bit more of a tolerance or know know the downtown more will pull their pin outside of the geofence and go ahead and walk themselves to Rosalind or to maybe Garland right. or wherever their whatever spot they usually go to. Um, so we haven't prohibited that. Nothing's prohibited. It is just a way to make it more easy and have a good marriage between your rider and driver and they're both going to be directed to the same place. Like a gentle nudge of... of- to slightly change behavior, right? Yes, exactly. Okay. Smart. Smart. I dig it. How? So it's a pilot project. You mentioned that. Are there any things that you can talk about that you might be tweaking? Um, lessons learned? Lessons learned. I think that, well, it's interesting because marketing and education is a big thing, of course, when you're trying to change behavior. And we've had to ask ourselves, you know, this a new thing for probably city hall is well how do we market and educate late night sure celebrators and not just you know our typical maybe audience so that's that's been something that we continue to work on with our partners and um and so education is a focus for the future do you get a little pop-up on your screen from the right chair app that says you do so when you're in the geofence you don't get a you get an in you get in app 
but not like a pop-up beforehand. Right. Um, but when you're in the app, whether whichever preference you use, Uber or Lyft at this time, and I'm sure that there's going to be more TNCs coming on board, um, you see the pin, you see the geofence, you see the two hub options, you see the toggle, and then once you select one, you get walking directions and your driver gets driving directions. So smart, Dominique. You're killing it. Let's talk about the pizza box pilot program is that you yes it's so cute thanks no no shade you're, you're making a little you know face. well because i i want to see more for it and i think that we all do and that's and and hopefully we'll get there but you know recycling from my i'm not an expert on sustainability but or recycling but i'll say that we have one of them right yeah we have one of those yeah. so we lean on we yeah. lean on him that's what he's but for. i guess pizza grease is one of those things that's very hard to recycle so right so it's you know, trash generally it's yes At it's the trash moment. generally however still the pizza boxes are still invaluable because the pizza box so we have a you know we have a handful of pizza places in a in a small um radius in downtown and when they give you your pizza those pizza boxes end up in our trash cans that are not the size that they to accommodate. So then what happens is you have a lot of trash spilling over, you have trash being left on the ground. So this is just an additional place and eat right. And we located them literally pretty much next to every single pizza place <laughs> in downtown. Um, they're, they say pizza box on them and we, they've been pretty successful thus far. So I heard 300 boxes a week or about that of, 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 of boxes that, that sounds, were diverted. That sounds right. Sounds good. Yeah. If it's wrong, I'm wrong. I'm the one that said the number, so you're good. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be the fake news. Uh, it seems like it's successful, and I like that because it seems like it's in response to a real-world problem outside of the box, <laughs> pizza box, <laughs> and you did it. And I just want to say thumbs up. Thanks. Uh, and Because some people might be afraid to do that, right? I just thought it showed that you yeah, were Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's you can't just add things to the street in terms of furniture or that type of um, equipment without thinking it through and talking through the right place and, and making sure there's a need there. So, you know, it was, it, it, I'd like to say it was like, it was easy because we needed it. I wish they looked like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but that's just me. So you like, I mean, no. that's something. Yeah. I'm just going to put that there for you because you're the expert. Uh, did, do you have anything to do? I know on the laundry list when you started, there was expanding the police bicycle units downtown is that still in your purview or is that something i think that might have been a recommendation from rhi at the time um, because they've seen success in other cities that they've studied and of, of course we were leaning on rhi at the time and 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 still do through some guidance as an expert in this very specific uh type of work and they have seen a lot of success in other cities where they have a larger more dedicated um entertainment you know type police unit for us we already have a dedicated unit our downtown um, bike squads which we have four of uh, plus another two in Paramore um, do that work and do it well and I think everybody's opinion would be uh, you know more cops wouldn't hurt you know more cops would be great and sure but we're not we're not lacking the flip side of that is that you have a really great crew uh, for the downtown ambassador program yes right which I actually would argue negates the need for more police officers because it's more eyes on the street and definitely a lot more eyes still a uniform presence giving people a lot of um perception of safety of course they are not doing the same type they're not doing police work sure they're doing hospitality and what we call safety so that's you know your patrol and your eyes and 
But I think we're all kind of trained when you see a fluorescent vest, though, to kind of like relegate your behavior. So hopefully that helps. Can you tell a little bit about what the ambassador program is? Yes. The ambassador program is going on um, two years now, and we outsource through a company called Block by Block, who does this work in over 120 cities nationwide, um, some much larger accounts, some smaller accounts. And they are they've really, really overperformed. Um, in a lot of ways, very happy to have them as a vendor and because they bring a lot of institutional knowledge to this program, you know, the city maybe isn't in the business of running an ambassador program, um, but we have the means to find someone who is so block by block, um, takes really good care of our account, does a lot of, a lot of work in the, in the space of social service outreach, um, on their own as their own company. And that all of that information and education has trickled down to their accounts because they're very passionate about it. So our, our ambassador program does a lot of things and, you know, it's up to us in the future as this is a pilot program, but we, I believe, you know, do have intentions of, of moving forward with it uh taking taking them up on their recommendations of how to best do that as as our downtown continues to grow and as we see so much success from the ambassadors themselves you know they basically they've really really proven um a lot of value in this less than two years now dominique let's rhyme off some of the things they're doing so they'll i know they'll they can walk you to your car yep so you can late night you can call you can call or text for an escort service um between 7 a.m and 11 p.m seven days a week they take a lot of statistics on the street throughout the day, all different types of things they're measuring, um, things anywhere from, you know, reporting graffiti or, or any type of mess or waste that might need to get cleaned up to how many instances of, you know, aggressive panhandling, aggressive panhandling mm-hmm. or what we call protein. Oh, yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then also, um, you know, and then also having a relationship with every storefront business, sure. if, if at all possible. So they are constantly doing proactive engagement, visiting these business businesses, um, sharing different pieces of collateral and information that the city or DDBCRA is putting out. I love the wayfinding aspect for visitors. Yes, I see them helping people all the time. Where can I get the best tacos? Where do I put my pizza box when I'm done? Where's my car? So good. Yeah. Uh, is there anything in the pipeline that you can talk about? Anything not top secret that that maybe has been approved? For ambassadors? Uh, just for like your department, for, for the nighttime economy stuff. Well, when you word it like that, the answer is no. Because <laughs> everything's still in the everything's works? Everything's top secret. No, no, not top secret. Um, I don't want to get can, you in trouble. We continue to uh, work with Uber and Lyft, and we're excited about the relationship that we've established with them because we that's going to take us to the next level in terms of transportation and and it's not just about rideshare it is there there's still a huge element of parking there's a huge element of public public um transportation walking wayfinding all of that so even though we reference it in terms of my job with you know the rideshare hubs it's really already just spread like wildfire or wildfire to a lot of other other projects that are on the on the works oh right. which you know already Subtext. about the downtown master I'll keep plan working hard i'll keep looking <laughs> i got the subtext there do your work brendan uh these are more personal 
Could you, and then I'll let you go because I know you're very busy and the sun is setting. We need to get you out there. <laughs> uh, what are your favorite spots to eat downtown? Favorite spots to eat? Mm-hmm. Um, Artisan's Table. Mm-hmm. Um, fan of Menagerie in Thornton Park. Going there later. And Jinza. Also good. Mm, or Jinya, can, the, Jinya. The, the ramen place. Yes, I could really, I'm really hungry also. <laughs> so that sounds really good. I'm sorry I did this Ramen. Um, yeah. uh, Swan City Bagels. Oh, so good. And excited for a new bagel place that we're getting in the North Quarter, which is called Bagel World. Oh, I saw their hashtag V Group. The other day. Very good. Uh-huh. It's V Group. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Breaking news Breaking right news. there. Um, permits are through, so they're all good. Okay. Um, that's homework for me. <laughs> or I think at least, I don't know. So what else? Oh, is that? That's that, good. Okay. <laughs> uh, favorite places to grab a drink? Um, the Robinson room is on oh, top so of my good. list right now. So good. Um, the little shopping cart that's like, uh, I'm excited to wind. see yeah. the new downstairs program that they have Coffee going in. Mm-hmm. Um, hashtag TMG. Very excited. Uh, um, I think TMG brings such elevated concepts to downtown Orlando. So proud to have them as an ally and just as creative creative. Super handsome, Tommy. Super, yeah, of course. Super, super handsome. handsome. They gotta all be they're all handsome. Yeah. Um yeah, so Robinson and I, I love courtesy and I love Dove Coat and Oh so good. Great You know, but hour. I try not to be biased of where I get my drinks. Sorry, I don't want to get you in trouble. But you know, <laughs> we all have preferences. And then maybe your favorite like Instagram accounts. Who are your favorite like downtown influencers? The bungalower? Oh, good. Good answer. Good answer. Can I also say Pulp Town? Yes, love Pulp Town. The shitty beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also good. We did a that I wouldn't a curse, but that doesn't them. count. That counts. This is a pro- yeah, yeah. is a proper noun. <laughs> You're fine. They're so good. Uh and then can you give a shout out to an Orlandoan who you think deserves some love? Is there an an Orlandoan that you've been encountering lately that just isn't getting the shout out that they deserve oh that's too much on the spot it is on the spot i need to like think um well my coworker mercedes blanca who is also a project manager for the ddb cra and she goes under wraps because that's just her way but she was responsible for all of our christmas lights in downtown orlando which were really well received super proud of that and um her and i just work really closely together on a lot of our projects um so i would i just wouldn't be able to do it without her next interview done she's so good and she's i know she's working on that projection park project i'm excited to hear more about that yeah she gets into a lot of creative stuff dominique thank you so much thank you brendan uh you're doing a great job Thank you.